Welcome to Pocket Change, brought to you by the Making Sense podcast. This series consists of short, sharp episodes, either covering a technical topic or giving you an understanding of a recent event in the news. This is where we make it all make sense. Kick back, relax and enjoy. However, remember this is not financial advice. Please do your own research or get help from a certified financial advisor. As always, thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Yo, 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 what's good everyone? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How's life? How you surviving these corona times? Both in terms of your physical health, your mental health, your financial health, whatever kind of health there is. Hope everyone's good and if you're not, I hope uh, you can get on a path to recovery sometime soon. Cool. <coughs> so, been away for a while. As as always, the standard excuse, life is getting got in the way. Um, but yeah, we are making efforts to be more consistent for you guys. Um, even though the recordings haven't been quite consistent, definitely stepping it up with social media. So there'll be more things definitely on IG and on Twitter. Just resources coming through the different bits of news and us picking out the bits and pieces that we think are relevant for yourselves. So yeah, make sure you follow us on IG and Twitter, but definitely IG because we have a lot of content on there and a lot more coming. Cool. So I've been good. You know, not too bad. Trying to figure out what I want to do career-wise, um, as many of you may be doing, especially those on furlough. Um, I think the latest numbers I saw, 15% of people on furlough are expected to not go back to work and be made uh, redundant or unemployed. So, you know, for you people, good luck. Um, you know, hopefully you've spent the time looking at or thinking about what else you can do. If not, you can start nice, never, ever too late. As long as you start, it's better to start late rather than never. Um, I won't be too philosophical today, guys. But today, what did I want to talk about today? I think this uh, episode of Pocket Change um, will be just a bit of a quick roundup, actually, of of the state of the economy right now, or, or and a few recent announcements. So I'll focus it around the announcement that came out from the Office of Budget Responsibility, or OBR. So if you watch any Prime Minister's questions, uh, you'll hear them, or any political kind of chatter, you, you'll hear that mentioned. Uh, and they just kind of budget where they think the economy is going to go over like a five-year time horizon. They came out with a report and basically said that the UK is facing the worst recession or worst downturn, economic downturn, that we've seen in the last 300 years. That's being measured by where they think GDP will go. Uh, I had a quick look at the report and and that essentially gave three separate scenarios. Upside scenario, the central scenario and the downside scenario. Now, let's have a look at what those three mean. Upside scenario, in effect, an updated April reference scenario with a sharp rebound in activity and no medium term scarring. So essentially that's sounds like a like a classic v-shaped recovery so a sharp fall and a sharp recovery um and no long-term economic scarring so you know no fundamental damage to the way our economy runs uh, so that it can be essentially go back to business as usual whereas if you have scarring you may have to do things differently if you're an athlete you'll, you'll get that reference right central scenario activity recovers more slowly and incorporates some scarring to potential gdp so yeah, essentially we recover, you know, in a V-shape kind of way, but the V is slightly a bit more slanted, or a little bit more wider, should I say? Uh, and there's some scarring to the GDP, so you know we can't make as much money as we was doing pre-pandemic. 
Whereas in the upside scenario, I think the, the assumption is we go back to being able to make as much money as we were doing before Corona. And then the last one is the downside scenario, which essentially we have a slow recovery and there's deep scar into the economy. So essentially the way we make money and the amount of money that we can make as a nation is impacted. So then the time it will take for us to get back to the pre-pandemic norms will take a lot longer. And it's what does that do to society in, in the interim? And there's a really good graph that they have that we posted on IG. Hence the reason why I said to follow uh, and on Twitter as well. Um, that kind of visualizes that for you. So it's kind of easier to digest. Um, and the way to think of it is if the national income is down, that's everyone. So it's harder to get jobs, you know, less people will be spending. So if you work or have a business in the service sector, that could be an issue. Uh, and they also have a graph specifically in regards to private consumption. And that's quite important because the UK and the US economies are heavily driven by that. But that will be a separate uh, topic. So back to this, we've got three scenarios, upside scenario, which is just a normal V, central scenario, the V is slightly wider, and downside scenario, the V is probably starting to look like a little bit of an L now. And underneath those, I'll give you kind of the headline numbers and what to expect. Once again, this has already been put on IG. Oops, sorry about that. So the upside scenario, the real GDP is expected to drop by 10.6%. Um, peak unemployment, is expected to be 9.7% and that will happen in Q3 of this year, 2020. And the national debt is expected to be 95, let's call it 95% of GDP. It went to the uh, above 100% of GDP recently, but this is looking at the entire year 2020 to 2021, what our national debt should be by the end of that. And they think it will still be close to the 100%, but not above it. And that's the upside scenario. So that's the best we can hope for, according to the OBR is uh, you know, 11 percent drop in our GDP, um, increase of unemployment to nearly 10 percent, and nearly 100 percent of GDP. The central scenario: GDP is expected to drop by 12 percent. Uh, unemployment is expected to peak at 12 percent, and that's supposed to happen in Q4 2020. And central debt or national debt is expected to be above 100 percent, 104 in fact. Um, and it doesn't give a date to that. So that's kind of showing, you know, if we get the middle of the road, we're still going to have more debt than we're having in income. Unemployment at 11%, that doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, I think that's probably around around 4 million people, roughly, maybe, just judging by some other calculations I've seen. So it's quite significant in the number of people. It might not seem a lot in terms of a percentage, but it's a lot of people. And then you have to think of, you know, how does that impact those people's ability to add to the economy? What are they buying? How are they paying rent? All those different things. So it's all a knock on effect. And that's why this stuff is important, because if the overall economy is not doing well, it then becomes harder for you as an individual to do well, unless you can spot the opportunities. And there are they are out there. There's a lot of negative news at the moment. Um, and it's good to understand that so you can plan accordingly. But it's also good to keep your eye on what potential is out there because there is out there and people are going to be making money right now you just got to be smart about it and well informed okay and then the last one the downside scenario we've got real gdp drop of 14 percent unemployment of 13 percent and that's supposed to happen in q1 2021 so unemployment will continue to get in this scenario unemployment is going to continue to get bad until the beginning of next year uh, before numbers start to come back and then how they come back in what form they come back is yet to be seen so you know keep your eye on it but yeah essentially 
I think why I thought this was important for you to, guys to understand is really how uh, how big this recession could be. Um, one of the charts I saw in the report kind of alludes to the fact that the recovery may happen quicker, but we're going to be recovering from a much worse position. Um, so immediately I'm thinking, okay, this might be a short-term pain in, in comparison to 2008. However, it's a worse injury to be coming back from. And what does the UK economy look like because of it? And that can come through in terms of the kind of jobs um, that will be around going forward. So for myself or how I look at it, this period has accelerated a lot of things that companies will be looking at. Uh, the obvious ones are ways of working. So everyone's going to work from home majority of the time and go into London on a WeWork kind of basis where you've got a shared office that you only use for meetings or something like that or client facing meetings um you know kids have learned online you know there might be some scope for people to do that um gps you know i used 111 and we had a phone call and we did it via phone where the person sent us a link and we kind of did a teleconference thing um so there's going to be various different jobs that don't come back if you've been put on furlough you know Things like automation is something I shout about all the time, but I think it's someone something everyone needs to know about simply to understand how it could impact your job or how you might be able to get a job within that field because it's one where a lot of attention, a lot of investment money is going. So if you were looking for something to do, if you could get knowledge or understanding of that sector and get make some money from it, that could be you for the next five, 10 years, who knows? And that's kind of my mindset towards it. What automation is going to do is replace a lot of manual transactional kind of jobs uh and, you know and in accountancy you have a saying or you have you know, two kind of terms called two terms either adding up or adding value and i think in many jobs the roles that are seen as adding up where you're compiling data or organizing data reporting data anything like that that is repetitive and is task-based will be replaced by robots or bots as they're called at some point in time is this going to be a tomorrow thing not quite but i think it's definitely been accelerated now so as a result of many firms not knowing where their money is going to come from the first thing they have to do is cut costs and one of the interesting interesting things i uh, kind of heard on one podcast is your cost saving is my profit hit and that is so true and you start to wonder with everybody in quite now cutting costs the velocity of money which is a topic i want to cover at some point i just need to under get my understanding of it a bit more but essentially it measures how fast a one unit of currency moves around an economy and therefore can be used by all the people in that economy um that's going to slow down um so it's kind of understanding how you can navigate that you know if your kind of job not just you know with your particular employer but everyone that does employs that kind of role no longer needs it are you able to get another role? Can you be retrained? And this links into Rishi Sunak's announcement on his plan for jobs, which, you know, let me pull that up as well. So this will be a two part. This will be about the economic announcement from the OBR and Rishi Sunak's plan for jobs, because the two kind of link in my mind anyway. In his plan for jobs, it kind of was split into four points. The job retention bonus, which was essentially given for uh, companies a thousand pounds to bring back people that were on furlough, but they've only got to keep them until the 1st of January 2021. And that's still just delaying the inevitable for me. Um, being a cynic, I think firms 
bring people back, get their £1,000 bonus and still look to see of those people who can they release after January. Um, it doesn't sound good, but it's the kind of thing you'd look at from a business perspective would make the most sense. Um, you know, this is business. The next one is to support jobs. So there's a Kickstarter scheme where essentially in certain in need in sectors, they're going to provide six month job placements for anyone between the age of 16 and 24 who are on universal credit. So you have to be on universal credit to claim it. And essentially they are going to fund the employer using you for six months. Um, and in that time, it's hoping that, you know, you can develop certain skills to you know, either get yourself a job elsewhere or if things are going well in that firm, they'll keep you on. So it's, you know, kind of an apprenticeship scheme aimed at the younger people who are struggling to get jobs now or who not even struggling to get jobs, who just on the universal credit. Also, there's going to be generally more help with careers advisors. Now, I don't think that, I think that might have been weighted towards or aimed at younger people as well, but older people may be able to make use of those services. So there is going to be more help for people to find jobs. Um, I just think for the older people, there's nothing specifically for you. So there's no help for maybe people with families, people with kids, with dependents and whatnot. Um, so you have to see what you can do for yourself. And, and that's a debate to be had, whether you should have been preparing for things like this already, or if the government should also help you. That's a, you know, a debate that we could have or someone else could have. Then the next one was protecting jobs. So there's the famous eat out to help out, which I think is absolutely nonsense. I don't know who writes this stuff, but someone who's overpaid and it was just, it's just cringeworthy. That's why I think it's just stupid. Come on. Anyway. And then also they've decreased the VAT charge on the accommodation and hospitality sector. So pubs, restaurants, um, and managing hotels, maybe if they pay VAT in hotels, I should know that. But essentially the VAT will go down from 20% to 5% in those sectors. Uh, one interesting point there, something else I kind of heard on the podcast is that it's not a guarantee that a reduction in VAT is going to give consumers reduced prices. Um, firms may keep their prices exactly the way they are, especially given the fact that a lot of them will be facing tough times. So there's no guarantee that the, cons- the companies will pass that saving on to you. So it's debatable how much that's actually going to help anybody or definitely going to, how it's going to help individuals. It may help businesses, but maybe not individuals. And the last one was creating jobs. <coughs> and this was specifically, for me anyway, specifically aimed at the construction sector. I get it. Um, when looking at uh, one of the recent Office of National Statistics, ONS reports, uh, the construction sector and the services sector were quite badly hit in um, in the first quarter and even up to like April, May, I think, um, you know, a lot of those sites had to close because of social distancing, you know, in the construction sector in particular, no new homes were being built. Nobody knows if there's going to be a housing market or what that's going to look like. So things literally stopped. Um, so to get that up and running again, essentially the Tories are kind of, and this is something they've been criticised for, are borrowing some of Jeremy Corbyn and Labour ideas in regards to how you approach the economy. So helping young people was something that was kind of a labor idea. And in the construction industry, a lot of the investment they've promised, not just the build, build, build investment that Boris spoke about, which is looking at building big infrastructure projects, linking London to the north of England, so that you can allow movement of people, services, ideas, what you have it up and down the country easier and making the country as a whole more productive. Um, There's also an aim at investing in green energy um turning people's homes more energy efficient so i think it's called the green home initiative where they'll give you some funding so that's something to look out for if you need to get some installation done um there's funding for that kind of stuff 
and for decarbonizing or reducing our carbon footprint or how much we pollute the air basically uh, there's going to be investment into that so it's we're going to borrow money to invest in these areas it gives people jobs right now and hopefully it builds us into a better state that later on down the line when we have to pay back this massive debt we've made ourselves so efficient and we can make so much money that no matter how big this debt is we'll be able to afford to pay it back and that is what underpins all of this for me it's how wisely is the government going to spend this money um, and is it going to get the results needed for us to be as efficient and as profitable if you think of us as a business if you think of this country as a business are we going to be profitable enough to pay back the debts that we're incurring right now and that's really really key so for me it's looking at how bad the pandemic's going to be because that will dictate how much we need to borrow and then how wisely is the money we're borrowing being invested to then be able to pay it back and even make money sometime in the future um but i think one thing i'll leave you with is how long term it's going to be until you know things get back to normal you know in the three scenarios that i mentioned none of them actually outside of the upside scenario where we get a sharp recovery and there's no long-term damage to the way we make money the other two we don't get back to the pre-crisis norms until after q1 2025 so that's another five years of less money than we had just before this pandemic and i don't think anyone felt rich at that point so this could be quite fundamentally changing how you do things the number of jobs maybe down how much those jobs pay what sectors those jobs are in um, could all change and I think there's just a high degree of uncertainty especially with the pandemic because we don't know how it's going to move we don't know how it will interact with different diseases other pandemics that may come up and for me it's mainly how we address pandemics now which has changed rather than there being pandemics I think the, the risk of pandemics isn't new I think how they're responded to is very new um, so that's what you need to take into account yeah so it's for me it's kind of being quite smart with your finances um I'm, I'm a prudent accountant and you know my entire career has been around cost efficiencies and, and making businesses more leaner and sharper in the way they operate um and that's what i'd advise people to do personally yeah, you know i don't believe in being mean to yourself i'll never ever advocate that but try and live the lifestyle you're living now for cheaper that's the challenge that's one I set myself. I don't always succeed, but it's definitely one I set myself. How can I live the best possible life for the least amount of money? Because that's how most businesses are starting to operate now. All right, guys. Peace.